What's up, online community, Purpose Church? It is so good to see you. Wherever you're joining us from, maybe you're sitting around as a family, maybe you're watching this or listening to this as you're going about your day. I just want you to know we love you at Purpose Church, and I'm so glad that you are joining us today. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Titus and Philemon. They're towards the end of the New Testament. They're right next door to each other. And while you're opening to the book of Titus and and Philemon, we are continuing our year-long series, Jesus on Every Page, where every Sunday we're looking at one book of the Bible, sometimes two books of the Bible, like today, discovering where Jesus shows up and what he has to say to us. Now, today is a very special day because, honestly, I get to just brag about you, and I want to help maybe make it a little bit more clear to you, the eternal impact that you are making. Now, the reality is your purpose drives your spending. If one of your purposes is to be generous, that's going to drive how you spend your money. But if one of your purposes is to just give yourself whatever it is that you want, a life of selfishness, that's going to drive your spending. I remember when my wife Sarah and I, before we were married, we have a little wedding photo of us here, but before this day ever took place, I remember I was thinking about proposing to her. And I had just gotten a job as an intern in a church for the summer. So I would be there June, July, and August. And I calculated it up. And if I saved every single penny that I made that summer over those three months, by the end of it, I would be able to afford a very modest but meaningful engagement ring for Sarah. So all summer I was saving, expecting to get this engagement ring for Sarah. Well, towards the end of July, I was at a youth group event and somebody broke into my car. I had an iPod in my cup holder there in my truck and somebody broke into my car, stole my iPod. So after the youth event, I went back and I saw my truck. I saw that my iPod was missing and I was so bummed about this. So I immediately got on apple.com and I ordered a new iPod and I was going to have it shipped to the church. And a few days later, the receptionist at our church called me and said, your iPod just arrived. So I drove to the church and I was so excited to get this new iPod. As I parked in that parking lot before I went inside, I just heard this little voice. I don't know if it was God, but I just heard this little voice say, how badly do you want that ring? Oh, and it stung because I thought to myself, Lord, can I have the ring and an iPod? Like, is that too much to ask? And yet I remembered I had a goal in mind. I wanted to propose to Sarah. So I got inside of our church office and I immediately shipped that iPod back, got it refunded. And 15 years later, friends, I think I made the right decision. You see, I had to make a choice to prioritize the greater things over the lesser things that I wanted. And Purpose Church, one of the millions of reasons I love you is because you are a church that has focused on and prioritized the greater things. Now, now let's jump into Titus and, and Philemon, but I want to start with a 30,000 foot view of Titus, Philemon, and then the apostle Paul. Here's a background for Titus. 
Written to Titus between 63 to 65 AD, this letter is one of Paul's pastoral epistles, which include 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, because Paul wrote it directly to a pastor, in this case, Titus, though it was most likely also read in front of the congregations in Crete that Titus was pastoring. Crete was a fertile agricultural island, the largest in modern day Greece, located in the southern Aegean Sea. Paul Paul's goal was to encourage and coach Titus as he was pastoring the young Cretan church of mostly Gentiles and some Jews. Well, let's look at Philemon. Written to Philemon between 60 to 62 AD, Paul wrote this letter during his first imprisonment in Rome. Philemon, a Christian living in Colossae, was probably a man of some wealth and his home was used as a gathering place for the church. This is a personal letter concerning Philemon's runaway slave Onesimus, who had come to Christian faith through Paul's ministry. Paul's main purpose in writing was to restore Onesimus to Philemon, not as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. He asked Philemon to extend forgiveness and love to this former slave. And then lastly, the apostle Paul. A Jewish Roman citizen from Tarsus, Paul became a prominent and highly educated Jewish religious leader and then was dramatically converted to Christianity in 35 AD. He was the primary apostle to the Gentiles and was, and was imprisoned on several occasions for his work in sharing the gospel. Eusebius, an early church historian, claimed that Paul was beheaded around 68 AD at the order of the Roman emperor Nero. Paul's martyrdom occurred a few years after much of Rome burned in a fire, an event that Nero secretly caused so he could rebuild Rome in his own image, but blamed on the Christians, which provoked mass persecution of the church. Well, now let's look specifically at Titus and Philemon, and we are going to see God's extravagant generosity and how that inspires generous people to transform the world. Uh, we got to start with this idea. God is generous with everyone. Titus chapter three, verses three to seven say this. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. You know what, one of the things I love about Paul is he's willing to say, hey, not just you were foolish and walking away from Christ, but he says, I was as well. Paul says, I was foolish and, and disobedient, deceived, enslaved, a troublemaker, envious. I hated people and I was hated by people. You see, I love that because the church should be the safest place to say, hey, I'm broken. 
The church should be the safest place to say, I don't have it all together. And guess what? If you're a part of our online community or you join us in person or a little bit of both, you need to know Purpose Church is a safe place to have a past. Purpose Church is a safe place to say, I don't have it all together because none of us, including me, do. It it reminds me of what Pastor Glenn always says, right? Pastor Glenn always says, the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. Or like my wife Sarah likes to say, we are a house of confession, not perfection. And then Paul says that God has extended to us kindness or, or generosity, and he's extended to us love, The Greek word for love here is philanthropia. It it means an affectionate concern for. And and Paul is essentially saying, God is kind to you. He's generous to you. He cares about all of the details of your life. Which begs the question, how? And, And Paul says, well, here's nine ways that God has extended his kindness, generosity, and love towards you. Number one, through salvation. Friends, if you don't know this, you got to know this, or maybe you need to be reminded of this. The gospel is not Jesus came into our life and rearranged the furniture that we could continue going on about our life or that we were mostly altogether okay and Jesus just kind of moved some things around. No, the gospel is more like you and I were a condemned house. That there was no hope for a future for us. But God put his name on the title of your house. God put his name on the title of your life. God claimed you. He claimed me as his own. He saved us. Then Paul says we're given rebirth. Friends, when you say yes to Jesus, and maybe here's one reason to say yes to Jesus. When you say yes to Jesus, you are reborn. You are completely transformed. You are given a new identity, child of God. You are given freedom from your sin. You have a new purpose, not to satisfy your own desires, but to live for Christ completely. Then Paul says, God has given you renewal. I have this friend named Zach who he flips homes, right? He, he'll go inside of a property, inside of a house that is run down and he, he can see what I can't see. The other day, him and I were talking and he was sharing that he recently walked inside of an abandoned home where there were 12 cats in that home. There were six dead cats in that home. And he said when he walked inside of it, the smell was horrible. It, it, was, it was so bad that he had to leave the house and almost threw up on the front lawn. And yet Zach, he doesn't just see the current condition of the home, he sees its potential. I, I share that because I, I want to have a pastoral moment with you for a minute. There's some of you who you have people in your life who can only see your past. You have people in your life who are constantly reminding you of that thing that you did. They can only see your past and maybe you've begun to project that onto God. That you're going, you know what, if God knew my past, he wouldn't want anything to do with me. And so you try to be a good boy. You try to be a good girl before God. You try to hide your past. You try to impress or show off to earn God's love. 
But friends, I'm here to remind you in this moment, and maybe some of you are tuning in right now just to hear this important truth. God is not just committed to the new you. God is committed to renewing you. God isn't just interested in the new you and who you will become. God is interested in who you are right now and renewing you day by day through his grace and his mercy and his love. Paul says we are justified, which means according to God's law, Christ paid your debt. But this is one of those fancy Bible terms that sometimes we go, what does that actually mean? I read this in a commentary and I just thought it was really, really helpful. A way to remember justified is this, just as if I'd never sinned. When Christ justified you, it was as if you had never sinned. You're blameless before God if you've received his forgiveness. And then Paul says that God has given us mercy and grace. Here's maybe just an easy way to remember the two of them. Mercy, when we turned our backs on God, he didn't turn his back on us. Grace, when we turned our backs on God, he wrapped his arms around us. And you know, we're heading into Thanksgiving next week. And at times, sometimes representing Christ or sharing Jesus with our families can be really difficult, can be really challenging. Could I just encourage you that if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe this Thanksgiving, your family needs to see mercy and grace from you. Maybe there's somebody in your family that doesn't deserve your love. To be merciful and gracious might look like loving them. Maybe your family will give you the opportunity to pray over that dinner. Maybe a conversation will present itself where you could demonstrate God's mercy and love. Next, Paul says that we've been given an inheritance, that we are heirs, which means that we are the direct beneficiaries of God's kindness and love. I remember when I was a young boy, my grandpa used to, every Christmas, give all of us grandkids uh, some scratcher lottery tickets. And I remember some of the tickets saying on them, every ticket is a winner. And so I'd get my hopes up thinking, oh man, I'm going to win big money. I'm about to become a millionaire. And every single time I was disappointed. In fact, this is sort of interesting. Did you know that 70% of big lottery winners go broke? And 44% of big lottery winners, they go bankrupt within five years. But the truth is what Paul is trying to say is that you have an inheritance that nobody could take away from you. You have an inheritance that's guaranteed to you. In other words, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a winner every single time. Paul says that God gives us hope. And you know, we, we tend in our culture to use hope and, and wish sort of interchangeably, but there's actually a significant difference between them. You see, a wish puts confidence in an unknown future that may or may not come. Hope puts confidence in a known future that has yet to come. And what is that guaranteed future that is yet to come? Paul ends by saying, God has given us eternal life. 
Friends, you were made for a person and a place. You were made for a relationship with Jesus and you were made for heaven for all of eternity with Jesus. Well, then Paul goes on and tells us that generosity is profitable for everyone. He continues in verse eight. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves in doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. Paul urges Titus to pastor his congregation in such a way and to remind them that generosity and doing what is good is profitable for everyone. Not just profitable for the one receiving generosity, but profitable for the one being generous, for the giver of generosity. You see, generosity, it doesn't happen by accident. It requires, in Paul's words, careful devotion. And and Paul says, if you choose not to invest your time and energy into doing good and being generous, you will naturally fall into the dangerous path of foolish arguments, quarreling, and being divisive. Now, Purpose Church, you've chosen the profitable, the excellent, the generous way. And because it's Thanksgiving weekend, as we're heading into our Thanksgiving week, I just wanted to take a moment to share with you, Purpose Church, how you have made an impact in just this year alone. This fall, Pastor Ashley shared with me that we have over 1,500 kids, students, and adults in life groups here at Purpose Church. These are groups where new people and longtime attenders are connecting with God, connecting with others, and helping others connect with God. Currently, over 70% of adults at Purpose Church are in a life group. That's incredible. One example of the impact of these groups is from Sarah Dykema, who leads one of our women's Bible studies. She shared a story about a woman in her group who received some devastating news that her dad had been put on life support after battling a lung infection. This grieving woman decided that before she stopped by the hospital to say goodbye to her dad, she needed the prayer support of her new community of women at Purpose Church. There were over 55 women in the room praying for her as she was preparing to go to the hospital. The love and comfort of the Holy Spirit was powerfully felt by everyone, including this woman. This was possible because of your generosity. Pastor Lisa and our Purpose Kids team hear kids say all the time, Sunday is my favorite day of the week. There's an entire family in Purpose Kids who faithfully serve together and attend our Arabic worship service. At the end of last year, the Purpose Kids team found out that the mom was sick in the hospital and had fallen into a coma. 
So our Purpose Kids team prayed for this beautiful family and something happened that surprised everyone, including the doctors. The mom miraculously woke up from her coma and was healed. The Purpose Kids staff and volunteers have had the opportunity to walk alongside the children who face this family difficulty. And today that family is thriving and still serving together at our church and growing with Jesus. Every week, our volunteers and staff create safe environments for children to experience the love of Jesus and grow in their relationship with him. This is possible because of your generosity. Laura, Victoria, and our Awana Kids Ministry Wednesday night staff report that Awana is thriving. There are over 160 kids and volunteers attending and serving weekly. Kids in our community are actively learning God's word and boldly living for Christ. An Awana student felt led by God to contribute $650 of his own savings to help start Awana in a school in Africa. The student then challenged the rest of his Awana friends to match him and contribute an additional $650. While, here's the crazy part, they raised over and above that. And because of the generosity of our Awana kids, they were able to start two Awana programs in two public schools in Africa, which will collectively reach and disciple over 4,000 kids with the hope of Jesus. This was possible because of your generosity. In student ministries, pastors Nick and Claire and their amazing team of staff and volunteers made it possible for over 25 students to get baptized at summer camp and for hundreds to have a life-changing week at camp. This was possible because of your generosity. Pastor Claire, who leads our high school ministry, told me that a mom and her high school son recently moved to Pomona and they noticed our big purpose sign as they drove down Gary Avenue. They came to Fun in the Sunday this September and heard about our high school ministry. That next Wednesday, the son and mom came to high school ministry and the son was so nervous. Pastor Claire and her team encouraged him to give our high school ministry a try by committing to four Wednesday nights so he could get to know other students and leaders. But it took only one Wednesday night and the high school son was convinced. Because the leaders and students were so welcoming, the son told his mom that he did not need the four-week trial, but that he was fully in and wanted to be a part of the HSM community. Currently, we have over 131 students attending our high school ministry with their adult leaders and 28 high school students have signed up for an intentional discipleship and leadership development program that our high school ministry offers. These students are being raised up and developed as current and future leaders. This is possible because of your generosity. In September of this year, Pastor Lisa, her husband Gary, and an amazing team of volunteer leaders celebrated their 10-year anniversary of Celebrate Recovery at Purpose Church. Celebrate Recovery is all about helping people find support and healing from their hurts, habits, and hangups. There were over 150 people in attendance that night praising God for all he has done in their lives. 
Every Tuesday at Celebrate Recovery, there's a time for people to take chips for various milestones in their recovery. Two weeks ago, they had over 14 people attend for the very first time and each shared about their journey of recovery they are beginning. This is possible because of your generosity. In January of this year, a couple reached out to Pastor Lisa, who heads up our marriage and parenting ministries, to let her know that their marriage was in trouble and that they were desperate for help. Our team spoke to them and gave them a referral and voucher for marriage counseling and helped them get plugged into a life group, which has become like a second family for them. In August, the husband emailed Pastor Lisa to say thank you and to let her know that their marriage is in a much better place. We are able to offer marriage and parenting events, groups, and resources, and this is possible because of your generosity. Laisha and Pastor Tamiko head up our guest services teams with over 70 volunteers serving every single Sunday, helping people feel God's love from the parking lot to the lobby, in the cafe, the worship center, and all around our campus. Specifically in our lobby, our Connect Center is a place where every Sunday people who are new to Purpose Church or checking us out for the very first time can get connected with our staff and volunteers to get their questions answered. So far this year, over 177 guests have stopped by the Connect Center where they have joined a life group, signed up to serve, and learned more about our church. Here's an only God can kind of story. A woman moved to our area from Arizona earlier this year. She specifically prayed for God to help her find a home church and for him to reveal his purpose for her life. While on the phone one day with her brother, she was sharing how she had been praying about finding her purpose and looking for a church. When no joke, in the middle of her conversation over the phone, a notification came on her phone inviting her to Purpose Church. How the Holy Spirit and AI work together, I don't fully know. But her brother told her she had to go check this church out. She first joined us online and then decided to attend in person. She told us she immediately felt at home with purpose. And after visiting the Connect Center in the lobby, she was greeted by our team, joined a rooted life group, and has begun serving. This was possible because of your generosity. Rhonda and our dedicated pastors and staff who lead our senior adults ministry shared that several new people have attended their monthly senior adults luncheons and as a result are joining our Sunday prayer team and our Sunday life groups. These monthly senior luncheons serve over 135 people and are growing. We, are, we also have 24 senior adults on our missions teams serving with gleanings for the hungry. A woman in our community with no church background became a widow last year and heard about our grief share group at Purpose Church. And so she chose to attend it. She was invited to a Sunday service and because she had had such a healing experience with grief share, she decided to try Purpose Church out. Since then, she has consistently attended services and soon after joined a life group where she has made new friends and receives ongoing support and encouragement. This is possible because of your generosity. 
Tina, our worship producer, shared about how exciting it is to have whole families serving together in our worship ministries. John and Debbie serve in our worship ministry, media ministry, and our life group leaders. And their daughter, Caitlin, serves in our worship ministry and is a high school ministry life group leader. And did you know that through our Sunday services in the past 12 months, you have helped make it possible for over 300 people to receive Christ for the first time. Over 106 people have been baptized and our average attendance on Sunday mornings has increased 26% in just one year. This was possible because of your generosity. John Burdett, our choir and orchestra director, shared with me about a man in his ministry who recently lost his wife. This grieving husband admitted that he didn't want to join the choir because honestly, he didn't enjoy singing. But then some choir members who were also widowers came up to him after his wife's memorial and shared with him their stories of losing their wives. After connecting with these other men and thinking about how the choir was like a second family to him and his wife during her battle with cancer, he decided to carry on his wife's joy of singing. He even tries to stand in the same place she stood when she was singing. This is possible because of your generosity. Pastor Shaum and his global missions team have connected our church with several incredibly effective and impactful global partnerships and missionaries who are spreading the gospel, meeting needs, and reaching unreached people groups all around the world. As a church, you currently support 38 missionaries in 13 countries and you partner with 23 additional churches and organizations that impact all regions of the globe, including North America, South America, Asia, Africa, Europe, and Oceania. Only in heaven will we know the full impact of your ministry to the world through your giving and serving and prayers. One example of this is our partnership with Pastor Leonard, who was part of our church community for several years while completing his seminary ministry degree. After completing his program, Pastor Leonard returned home to Malawi. Under his leadership, the community he serves has started a Bible study and prayer group, but they didn't have a covered building to meet, to meet in that could withstand the heat and rain. Purpose Church and our mission partner, Y Malawi, and Pastor Leonard's community came together to fund and build a permanent shelter that has become a community center where Bible studies, prayer gatherings, and community events take place weekly. A short-term missions team from Purpose Church visited Malawi this past summer and distributed over a hundred Bibles in the Chichewa language. And over the years, you have provided over 600 Bibles to this community. One last example of our global missions impact is in Asia, where through your generosity, our partners have trained 36 church planners who have planted 36 self-sustaining churches. These church planners have collectively seen 4,249 people come to faith in Christ. 1,142 people have been baptized. 5,227 people are now in 653 life groups. 2,355 women and men have gone through a 
10-month literacy program. 3,827 children have attended a fun and engaging kids Bible school. Seven bore wells have been installed in seven different villages and 15 sewing machines have been given to 15 different women to start businesses and improve their economic livelihood. This is all possible because of your generosity. Pastor Eric Vasquez, Pastor Tomiko, and their incredible teams are helping us locally make a huge impact through sharing the gospel and caring for people right here in Pomona. A couple years ago, our local missions team started serving a young man in our community who was involved in a gang, drug addicted, and suffered from hopelessness and depression. This young man began attending one of our microsites and has been faithfully a part of that community for the last two years. During this time, tragically, a friend of his and fellow microsite member passed away due to overdose. This deeply impacted him and has ultimately led him to no longer be involved in a gang. He doesn't use drugs and he is reading the Bible and growing in his faith every single day. Just this past year, he has sensed God calling him to be a pastor and a shepherd of people. This young man is on fire for Christ and is constantly sharing his faith with family, friends, and even complete strangers. God has put a heart of compassion within him. This former gang-affiliated drug addict has been completely transformed from the inside out by Jesus Christ and is now praying about helping lead our newest microsite launching on the east side of Pomona. Our three microsites with a fourth on the way have grown by over 6% just this year. And our purpose in Espanol Spanish congregation has doubled in size since last year. Our local missions team has helped house 27 individuals here in Pomona through our monthly Purpose Church community meals. And since Pastor Tomiko started our justice ministries in 2011, we have served and provided support and resources to over 2,500 victims of human trafficking. And we've distributed over 1,000 freedom bags to survivors of human trafficking. These bags are lovingly assembled by volunteers at our Justice Ministries work days and then distributed by Purpose Church and through our partner organization, Everyone Free, to the survivors when they are rescued from human trafficking. These freedom bags symbolize to the survivors that they are loved, valued, and that they can now experience freedom from their traffickers and freedom in Christ. This is all possible because of your generosity. Now, each of these stories I shared and the thousands more that I didn't have time to tell you are true. They've happened and they are happening as we speak. And your impact on families, individuals, and communities is beyond what we will ever fully know or understand. But each of these stories have one thing in common. They were possible because of your generosity. But how does this happen? How how does this level of impact happen through one church? It happens when a group of people see a need and say, charge it to me. Yeah, the last big idea is this. Generous people say, charge it to me. 
Generous people say, I will sacrifice because God sacrificed first for me. And that's exactly what motivated Paul to say these words to Philemon about his runaway slave, Onesimus. You can find me in Philemon chapter 1 verses 15 through 18. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. You see, now, anytime that we talk about slavery in the Bible, we have to provide a little bit of context because slavery in the Bible was, was most similar to kind of like a bankruptcy law. It, it was more equivalent to an indentured servant. And, and oftentimes, slaves in the Bible were freed after six years, even if their debt wasn't paid off. In the Old Testament, we see lots of protection given for slaves and that they must be treated well. And, and, and slavery in the Bible is dramatic different from race-based chattel slavery where people are bought, sold, and owned forever like we saw in our history in America and like was practiced all around the world. But Paul gives no reason or justification for why Onesimus ran away from Philemon, but he simply calls Philemon to welcome Onesimus back as a dear brother, as a beloved brother in the Lord. But Paul knows that there may be financial burdens getting in the way. That Philemon may have a hard time welcoming Onesimus back because Onesimus still owes him something. And to that, Paul simply responds and says, whatever Onesimus owes you, charge it to me. And here's what I love about you, Purpose Church. Over and over again, you have said, charge it to me. You know what it costs to mend marriages and you say, charge it to me. You know there's a cost to creating safe spaces for kids and students to find and follow Jesus and you say, charge it to me. You know there's a cost to reaching our neighbors and reaching around the world to meet people's physical and spiritual needs and you say charge it to me. You know there's a, a cost to keeping the lights on so ministry can happen every day of the week on our campus and you say charge it to me. And knowing there's a cost, your heart breaks for what breaks God's heart and you say charge it to me. Which is why I want to end our time today just saying two words to you. Thank you. Thank you for caring. Thank you for sacrificing. Thank you for investing. Thank you for believing in the next generation and every generation. Thank you for being a church of extraordinary generosity. Because God has been so generous to you, you have been generous to more people than you could ever possibly imagine. And so the only fitting way to end today is this. Thank you.